I'm excited. We've got three of these nights coming the rest of this semester, and I'm just super excited. One about tonight, but the next two, this is kind of like a part one of a series of sorts on dating and relationships. And some of y'all are like, nah, I'm good. I got that worked out already. You know, working it out, perfect. Anybody there? No, I didn't think so. Okay, great, nobody. Everybody's a hot mess express. We're all working it out at the same time trying to make it happen. So, so with that, I, I really want to help you. This is like, with this series, I really want to help you. And I'm, I'm not going to come in and try to give you some how-tos for everything. I want to give you some practical wisdom and some things that you need. And tonight of sorts, I, I kind of want this to be a foundation for what we're going to build next time we're meeting. So tonight I want to talk about something that I think is extremely important, actually probably more important than the second one that we're going to talk about. Y'all just probably want to talk about the second one a little bit more about this than this one, but this one's necessary. It's necessary. And tonight I want to talk about something that a lot of churches don't talk about, a lot of people don't talk about, but something that I'm very familiar with. For the past 30 years I've been very familiar with. Until recently, look at God. Let my life give you hope, okay? Let my life give you hope. Some of y'all are like, y'all already tell what I'm going to preach about. I'm talking about singleness tonight. Some of y'all are like, oh, God, I don't want that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I know what he's going to tell me. It's a gift. It don't feel like no gift right now. I feel alone. Valentine's Day was, you know, I'm mad already. Still, nobody got me chocolate. I sat and watched 10 Things I Hate About You or the, to the boys I loved before and wrote notes to, and they got found out because my sister. Anyway, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It's cheaper. There you go. Hey, saves your money. So, but we're talking about to, we're talking about relationships specifically tonight. We're talking about singleness, and I think like this this is actually a really really huge thing. And I know for some of you, if you're in a relationship, you're like, wait, <laughs> this ain't for me. Well, guess what? No, it is because guess what? Whether you're with that person or not, you're still an individual. You're still by yourself, yourself. Even if they're with you, right next to you, I'm gonna be holding hands, boot up, girl, I love you. You might be feeling like that. But here's the deal. In any relationship, it's made up of two individuals choosing to walk together with each other. But that's the part. You're an individual. So you're responsible for yourself. And so in this, there is something for you, whether you're in a relationship right now or you are single as a Pringle or you are looking around, whatever situation that you find yourself in tonight, maybe you don't even want to have a relationship. You want to be single for the rest of your life. That might be what you want to do. There might be somebody in here. There might be one, maybe. I wouldn't say that's okay. That's a good thing, okay? I actually want to do this tonight. I want to look at a text or two at first just to kind of break open this idea of singleness and how this gets talked about in this book. Because I don't know if you know this or not, dating is not in this book. There is no such thing as biblical dating. There's biblical principles that you can place into smart, wise living, dating in our cultural context. But the reality is it's you're single or you're married, bro. It's, it's, it's one or the other. I'm not like, it's complicated. I'm in a situationship. No, no, no. It's single or married. Okay, you, fo- you following me? Got it? Y'all with me? And so with that, I want to talk about this thing called singleness. Because I believe that once we start stepping, once you get a little older, you start stepping into marriage or into a sexual dating relationship. When I say sexual, I mean with, you know, anyway. We're going to talk about it. I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about it, all right? When you step into that, some problems that you are going to face as a couple are not normally couple problems. Most of the time, they're single problems that crop themselves up in the relationship. Does that make sense? Y'all following me? So this is foundational. You can't get past this. Every single one of us in this room, at some point or another, you've been single. You are single. You will be single for a little bit longer. I want to give you a little hope, but also I don't want to give you false hope either. I want to give you the truth. Sound good? So with that, if you have a Bible... We're not going to be working out of this text specifically, but I want to give a little two seconds to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, starting in verse 6, going through verse 9. If you actually read this, we're not going to preach this tonight. It would be wild if we preached this tonight. There would be a lot in there. That would be like, wait, I didn't even need to know all that. Maybe one day when we get a little consecutive series thing going, maybe we'll step into this. But verse 6 says, this is Paul. He's writing to the Corinthian church. He says, I say the following as a concession. Hey, this is just my opinion. Take it or leave it. That's how Paul's kind of saying, all right? Not as a command. I wish that all people were just like me, single. But each has his own gift from God. One person in this way and another in that way. 
I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain as they are and as I am. But if they do not have self-control, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with a desire. That's talking about, y'all know what that's talking about. I don't need to do that with y'all. Y'all know what that is. He's saying, hey, it's good to be single. Actually, you should say single. If there is any advice that I have for you, it's be single. Is that crazy? That's just very different than our cultural context. Does anybody feel that way? Like, you know what? Singleness, I'm excited about it. Anybody in the room? Anybody? Come on. Come on. We got some single people. Some of y'all in this room like, I'm I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? I don't need no man, don't want a man. None of that. And see, but here's the problem. Some of you actually feel that way, and others of you are projecting because it's failed previously. So we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that. I'm Sorry, sorry. I just had to say it. I just had to say it. I'm coming for throats tonight. It's just, it just, don't get your feelings hurt, okay? Don't get your feelings hurt. Y'all, you hear me? But for some people, this is a gift. And what I mean by a gift, it's, part of this is it has to be received. A gift has to be received. For some of you in this room, you're like, God, please don't give me that gift. I don't want that gift. I want any other gift but that gift, God, please. I've been praying for a husband. I've been praying for a wife for seven years. And some of y'all are about 20 years old. So you've been praying since you were 13. <laughs> and y'all feel like you've been struggling. I just want to put this in perspective for y'all. When I'm talking about singleness, this isn't something I haven't walked. I'm 30 years old. I was 20 when y'all were 10, okay? I've been in this game for a long time. Been single for a long time. So with that, like work with me here, okay? You're 21, you're you single. <laughs> Don't know if God ever going to send me nobody. Stop. <laughs> Stop the madness. Stop the madness, okay? Let tonight be something that encourages your heart but also gives you perspective for the season that you're in, okay? Sound good? So tonight what I really want to do is I want to step in to this topic of singleness. And uh, just as a title I want to work from tonight, I want to work from the title Single Insecure. Single Insecure. Touch your neighbor say, Single Insecure. Some of y'all are thinking already, I'm single and I'm insecure, but you know what? It's okay. I'm going to be single and insecure after tonight. But if you have a Bible, we're going to be working out the book of Genesis today. It is the very first book. We're going to be on the second page from the jump. And the reason why is I believe that God has actually painted the picture for singleness from the very beginning. That this has actually been a core reality for a human being since the beginning of humans. We're going to look at the first person that has ever been without another person. Because I don't know if y'all know this or not. Have y'all ever read Genesis before? Anybody? Everybody? In that Genesis narrative, it's, it's, and God made this, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. And then he gets to this one thing, and he says, it is not good. Did y'all notice that? Where it's talking about man being alone, it's not good. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all are like, I have no idea. I never read the Bible before. Tonight's first night. You're welcome. We're going we're gonna to jump into it. But it says, he says that it's not good for man to be alone. And so with that, like, I'm not talking about single without community. I'm talking about single on purpose. That makes sense? We're not talking about loneliness. We're talking about aloneness. Y'all follow me? There's a difference there. You can be alone and not lonely. Yeah? Okay, we're going to get into it. But let's do this. Um, I just want to give you all just a preview of where we're going. We got a lot of work to go through. I got four points I want to give you tonight that I believe is going to change your life when it comes to singleness. The season of singleness that you're in. Because it's not going to last forever. Unless you want it to. You have a choice in this. So... Take that with, you will, with what you will. Some of you are like, God, I hope I'm not single. Just, it's okay, boo-boo. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Okay, so with that, my first point tonight, what the thing I believe that God wants to give you in your season of singleness is, one, a true connection. He wants to give you a true connection. Underline that word, true. Write it down. Write it in your notes, a true connection. Why does God want to give us a true connection? Well, if you're in the book of Genesis, starting in chapter 2, God, he, in chapter 1, he kind of gives us this brief overview of the whole seven days, this whole creation narrative, right, the big picture. And then in chapter 2, he zooms in on people, on humans, on Adam and Eve, right? That's the picture that's being zoomed in on, right? In the beginning of chapter 2, starting in verse 4, it says that these are the records of the heavens and of the earth concerning their creation at the time that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. No shrub of the field had yet grown on, grown on the land, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted, for the Lord God had made, not made it rain on the land, and there was no man to work at the ground. But water would come out of the ground and water the entire surface of the land. Here's the key. 
Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden in the Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had formed. The Lord God caused it to grow out of the ground, every tree pleasing in appearance and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden, as well as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So that's the, that's the setting, right? The setting is God makes man. And here's the thing I think we'll often miss as we read this story, because it's, we read it so much we kind of get familiar with things and we miss the point. Y'all get it? Y'all know what I'm saying? Like sometimes the Bible, it's actually the little bitty details that actually make the biggest point. Y'all with me? Okay. So if you'd notice, in the entire creation narrative, before man, God spoke and it became, right? Yes? Every time he said this and made it, spoke it. But man's the one thing that's different. And why I say your true connection is this. It says that, that God actually formed man. He formed him out of the dust. He, with his, he got his hands dirty to make man. And not only that, but he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. That's, that's this. That means he was all up in his business. Y'all following me? To, is, have you ever let someone breathe in your nostrils? It's not pleasant, I'm sure. But it is that close. And I think just what you miss in that is that God actually wants closeness with you. He wants a true connection with you. That God actually made man with the purpose of being in connection with man in a different way than he is with the rest of creation. You following me? So God, in his design of human beings, created us for a need for connection. Y'all follow me? So God, in his goodness and in his intelligent and perfect design, made man in a way that he was designed to be connected with. So I don't know if you know this or not, but we are all social beings. Like as humans, we need other people. If you're by yourself, by yourself, it's not healthy. It actually causes side effects that affect your health. Y'all ever know that? Any nurses in the room, y'all know what that? If you are removed from people, you actually decline in your health. But when you're around other people and you're in community with other people and you are connected to other people, there's life there. But not only that, God also connected us with him, right? That's what was lost in Genesis 3, right? And that's what this whole book is about. It's God reestablishing connection with his people. Yeah, that's the purpose of this. It's the purpose of Jesus. Jesus coming and dying, living his life, was to connect with human beings. Why did he become a human? To connect with us, to be one with us, to be like us. And us being made in God's image, we are connected by even what we look like, what we are able to do. He purposed us for connection. So with that, there's a problem. I'm getting somewhere with this. If we were made for connection with God and with other people, if we have neglected our connection with God, what do you think we will run to instead? Connection with other people, right? And connection with other people isn't wrong. It's nice for us to be connected. Community is awesome. We want to have friends. It's good to have relationships. Marriage is awesome. God made it, right? So I'm not saying that relationships are bad. I think a lot of churches will come and say, hey, you shouldn't get in a relationship because that's bad, right? You ever heard that? Like relationships bad, you have sex, you're gonna die. Like y'all ever heard that? Come on now. I, I know some of y'all grew up in church. Like it's like, watch out now, you'll die, okay? But I think the thing that we need to realize is connection is not bad. True connection is good. What's a true connection? And what I mean by true connection is our connection with God. Because I think if we neglect a true connection with God, that we, we won't, if we, sorry, if we neglect a true connection with God, we will settle for quick fixes. If we neglect a true connection with God, we will settle for quick fixes. So for us, the way that this plays out, and I'm just going from 90,000 feet to right here in your business, the way that this looks is that we get into relationships, we go from relationship to relationship, from person to person, from situation to situation, from DM to DM, from snap to snap, to club to club, to thing to thing, because we're trying to fill a thing that's void. We're trying to fill validation, security, significance that can only be found in our connection with our creator. Does that make sense? So that's how that plays out. Not only that, for that's for some of you, 
others of you, the way that that plays out is you get into a toxic relationship that you stay in because you're afraid you'll lose that person who knows you and you feel connected and safe with sometimes. But you're so afraid to let them go that you stay in something way too long and it hurts you. Yeah? That's another way that this plays out. Here's even another way. Some of you are on the outside looking in saying, I don't want anything to do with that because I've seen how broken it is. But here's the problem. You miss some of the beauty of what relationships can give. You've thrown the baby out with the bathwater, and that's not correct either. There's also some of you in here that you want a relationship. You're all about it. You just can't seem to get one. And that is fine. It is not your fault, oftentimes, unless you're mean, okay? <laughs> but with that is, we, we, the way we even talk about it is, is broken, right? I don't know, y'all have probably never experienced this, but I've experienced this. I'll go to family reunions, you know. I have a sister who has two sons, and I'm three, four years older than her, and it's like, well, Morgan's got kids. When are you going to have them? And I'm like, whenever I find somebody. (laughs) No, but it's like the way we even look at it ourselves, we're like, dang, what's wrong with me? I don't have somebody. Do y'all feel that way? Does anybody? Like even when people talk to you like, dang, why are you single? What's wrong with you? I took Demi on a date, first date. She goes, so you're 30, what's up? What's broke? What needs to be fixed? What's wrong with you? Ain't no way. All this fine. is. I'm just playing. <laughs> no, but we really think that about people. It's like, why are you single? What's wrong with you? What's going on? What's the? And we feel as if singleness means that you're at a deficit. Right? That's kind of how our culture looks at it. Because we have moved this relational connection in dating relationships to the top. Especially in church. Marriage is the ultimate. It's like every, I know all the girls in the room like, I want to be a mom. I want to be a mom. And I have to have a person to be a mom or I'm going to have to adopt and do it myself. I don't want to do that. Right? That's what, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ladies, if you hear me, holla at me, okay? I need to know I'm hitting, I, I need to know that I'm landing, okay? But, but it's the utmost. It's become the thing that gives us purpose, right? Here's the one problem. If we move a secondary connection to a primary connection, we lose both. If we neglect our connection with God for a connection for someone else, that person will then become God and God will become the means of finding that connection. Does that make sense? We use God to get a relationship versus being in relationship with God and that coming to be added onto your life. Does that make sense? It's like kind of like, oh, instead of Jesus being like the ice cream, he's just the sprinkles, you know what I'm saying? Whereas a relationship kind of just be the things added on. Like, oh, thanks, God. I appreciate that. That's a good thing. The problem is that we make good things into God things. And that's where we break down. And we put all our hope and our faith in that relationship. And when it fails, we wonder who we are. Are we worth anything? Are we valuable? Could anybody ever love me? That's where we get, okay? And that, I'm here to tell you, if you've made that mistake, if that's happened to you, I'm here to tell you that God in his love and his mercy wants to reestablish connection with you so that you can have healthy relationships for the rest of your life. And for a lot of us, that season of singleness is where we get to press into that relationship with God because we are not pulled into that relationship with another person. Here's the funny thing, though. A lot of times when we, we feel that connection most with God is when we're in connection with other people. So with that, I'm not telling you to neglect community. I'm telling you to press into community, but for the purpose of connecting with God. Follow me? God wants to give you a true connection, not just a quick fix. The thing about loneliness, I want to talk about this because I think this is important. I don't want to just move past this because it sounds redundant. It sounds like the same thing, but I think it's important and it's impactful because this is where this plays out in your life. And this is where it matters most. For those of you in this room, the reasons why you do what you do in relationships is because of a lack of connection here. The way that you seek attention from other people, the way that you jump from person to person, text to text, multiple people at the same time. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't do it, but you know people, right? We'll talk about we knowing people, but you know what I'm saying? Where you walk into rooms and you're scanning the room like, oh, she bad. Oh, he's cute. Did you see him worshiping God? You know, like we, we do this. And here's the problem. When we start to turn our attention to someone else, 
and not the person who made us. We become attention seekers when we were meant to be image bearers. God has purposed us to walk into life in connection with him to be the people in the earth who carry out what he would do on the earth. Does that make sense? When it says to image God, it means to I'm going to be like God. I'm going to do what God does. Carry out justice. Be good to people. Care for those in need. Care, like that, That's what we are made to do. But if we neglect our core purpose, we'll always find ourselves in these broken relationships. Always. So with that, in your season of singleness, God is giving you time to be alone so that you can cultivate a relationship with him. And for some of you, it might not be as long as others, and that's fine. I don't really know the answer to what timing and all that stuff. The Bible doesn't tell you who you're going to marry, all that stuff. I know you want it to t- me to tell you, hey, just do these three things and they come in. I'm, I'm, not, I'm here to tell you, you need to establish this connection with God. Otherwise, you're going to miss your whole point of living your life, the whole thing. And you'll get a relationship and it will be completely pointless. And you'll be like, well, I thought that was going to do something for me, but it won't. That's the, that's the lie. We keep on trying to add these things to us, thinking that they're going to give us life. The only thing that's going to give us life is the connection to the creator. That's it. So now that we've established that foundational groundwork of connection with God, then we can move into these other things I believe that God wants to give us in the season of singleness. That's actually practical, feet on the ground. Let's do this. And I want to get into them, okay? Second, second thing. God's got meaningful work for you in your season of singleness. Meaningful work. Some of you are like, I don't like that. I don't like work. Well, just so you know, before the fall, work was present. So work is good. There you go. There's Bible for you. All right. So we're gonna hit, we're gonna hit Second Corinthians. Or sorry, not Second Corinthians. We're in chapter two of Genesis still, um, verse fifteen. Chapter two, verse fifteen. It says the Lord God took the man and he placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. Touch your neighbor. Say, work it. To work it. I want you to notice something. I want you to know something in the story. God, he makes Adam. He forms him. He breathes life into him. He makes a garden, and he places Adam in the garden. For what purpose? To work it and to work it. That's it. Work it. Do it. Do the thing I made you do. Go do it. Ah. <laughs> you know? Did you notice something really particular about that? There was purpose before a person. There was work to be done before there was someone else to be added to the work. That's significant. Why? Because some of us have made our purpose finding another person versus doing the work that God purposed us to do. You see the difference? When we make a person the purpose, we miss the work. Eve, in this text later, she is called a helper. What do you need a helper for? The work. If the work is missed, you miss the point. You miss the point. That God has purposed you in this earth for something. And your season of singleness is actually the opportune time for you to figure out what God made you to do. And I think for all of us, there's a general purpose. It's for us to image him in the earth. But here's the thing. All of us are different. All of us look different. All of us have different giftings. All of us have different callings. All of us have these different things about us that God individually made inside of us. Yeah? So there are things inside of you that have to come out that God purposed you for. And if you don't, if you don't bring those things out, the world is less than for it. You realize that, right? That there are things in you that have to come out to make this world better, to make your situations better, to make your circumstances, your people that you're around, to make your family's life better. It's it's on you. It's on you. There's a purpose. There's work for you to step into right now. I know a lot of you are in, I mean, all of you are in college, pretty much, right? College says, hey, get this degree, go get a job, or get married in between there, some, go get a job, go raise three, 3.5 kids, or however many kids there are, three and a half of them. I don't know how you're going to do that, but three and a half of them. <laughs> and then life happens, and you're like, yes, I, I made it. I found my purpose. That's like our, what we think. And then we also think that God's just going to be like, hey, I want you to do this, like speak from heaven. God doesn't do that. 
I've never once heard God be like, Blake, I want you to do this. I'm like, okay. I ask him all the time, God, what do you want me to do? Nothing. Anybody, can I get a witness? What if God in his goodness actually leaves that a question mark? Because one, it's opportunity for y'all to connect. But two, it's for what you want to do because it's in you. If it's not something that's in you, you're not going to find any worth doing it. If you don't like doing it, you're not going to do it. I'm, am I one of those people? If I don't like that, I'm not going to do it, okay? I'm ADD as it is, okay? If I don't find enjoyment in it, I'm not going to step into it. It's just not going to happen for me. There are things that God's put inside of you that you don't even realize are there. And some of you need to realize that the situations and circumstances you're finding yourselves in right now, especially the season of singleness, is purposeful for you to find your purpose. And why is that? Because I think if we look to the person to give us purpose, the person will actually pull us from our purpose, and that person will become the purpose. Yeah? So, so even if you're in a relationship right now, it's on you to decide, what am I called to? What has God purposed me for? What is inside of me that needs to come out for me to make this world better? For me to make this circle around me, wherever I'm standing, the ground I'm standing on, better. And if the person you're walking next to is not walking the same way with you, it's probably time to evaluate if you need to continue the relationship. Not because they're not awesome, not because they're not pretty, not because they're not smart, or they might be the best thing ever happened to you. Guess what? But they're pulling you from purpose. They're the worst thing that's ever going to happen to you. And you will resent each other and hate each other for life because you both want to go different directions. And you will sacrifice purpose for the person. And so with that, in your season of singleness, double down. Spend your time. How are you spending your time? What are you doing? I know some of y'all like video games. Six hours of video games probably ain't it, dog. Just letting you know. Some of y'all watching Euphoria, Squid Games. How many? You know how many shows I've watched this year? Zero. Why? You wanna know why? Her. Okay. I don't have no time. When you're with the, when you're in a relationship, you don't have time to do stuff anymore. Not that it's not good, but you don't have time to just blow anymore. It's like it's gone. So, oh my God, there's books you wanna read, there's stuff you wanna learn, skills you like. If you have somebody, you got a kid, you got an eight-year-old calling at you, you're not going to be able to read? Are you serious? Right now, you have the most time you're ever going to have. Right now, you have the most resources that you're ever going to have at your disposal. You have no responsibilities other than passing your classes or paying for your classes. Maybe there's a couple more, but that's basically it, right? You got nobody looking at you like, why are you coming home at 1030? I'm like, well, uh, uh, you don't have, your mom's not calling you? Nothing. You don't have a bedtime. So right now, you have the time that you have to cultivate your purpose. It's their own purpose. I keep on saying purpose because it's purposeful. You know what I'm saying? There it is. <laughs> this time that God's given you, this season that God's given you is on purpose. And I want you to notice this too about this text. In verse 1, or verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man and he placed him. He placed him. There's something really, really, really important about this. Some of you are wondering, God, why am I in the situation that I'm in? Why am I single? Why am I at SFA? Why did I fail this class? Why am I now another year at SFA? What, like, whatever your circumstances, are we all in extenuating circumstances? Like, in some way, there's something happening in your life, right? What if it is not a punishment that you're there? Maybe it's a placement. Maybe you're not being punished. Maybe you're being placed. That God has put you where you are so that he can cultivate purpose in you. Same thing with Adam. Adam didn't pick where he was going to go. God did. God moved him. Before there was a person. He said, okay, I'm here. I'm working the ground that you put me in, and I'm just going to work it. Give you a little secret. If you want to find the person, work where you're placed. If you keep on trying to get out of where you're placed, you're not going to find the person. They're not going to be there. Their person's going to be where you're planted. That's just facts. This is where it's going to be. You want to know how I know? Because I, in my 30 years of life, I did not think I would ever find somebody to date in the city of Nacogdoches as a 30-year-old male. No. <laughs> babies. Babies everywhere. Y'all are all 10 when I was 20. Stop it. This is gross. <laughs> how? How, God? I worked where I was placed. God, I'm here. 
I, okay, I don't know how you're going to make it work, but I'm here. I'm working what I got. I'm being faithful with what you put me in, and I'm just going to open-handedly walk forward in the thing you put in my heart to do, and I'm just going to trust you. And guess what? In his timing, the person showed up. In his timing, in, in his purpose, I'm here to tell you, if you keep on fighting your placement, you will never find purpose, and you will never find that person. Because here's the thing. This is what we'll do. This is what it looks like for a lot of us when we don't actually work where we're at. We seek to leave, or we seek to do things that we're not supposed to do in this place, right? Some of you, you go every Friday, every Thursday. I already know the bar schedule. I get it. I used to bounce when I was in uh, college. I worked at Sports Shack. It was just called Shack back then, and not Austin Hall. But I worked there, and literally, I just remember guys just being like, I'm about to go find a girlfriend tonight. Every night, we'll look everywhere. And here's what I'm here to tell you. If you will look anywhere for something, you will settle for whatever comes your way. If you're willing to look anywhere, you'll settle for anything. And so with that, it's like if you're in purpose, you know what's yours. You know what's in front of you. You know what God's put in your life, and you're not going to sacrifice, settle, lay it down because you're like, oh, they're cute. Okay, well, are you walking in purpose or not? Does, do you have character or not? Are you going to do what's right when, the, the, t- like, the ball is, like, it's game, game time? Like, it's like, hey, are you going to lie? Are you going to take responsibility? Are you going to take accountability? Are you going to take, take an easy way, way out? Like, what are you going to do? Look at people. That's what dating is. Like, I'm, I'm trying to give you all the game right now. Like, as a single person, if you know somebody and you see they don't do their homework, they don't show up on time, they talk to people any kind of way, they don't respect you, don't date them. Don't date them. How do you know? Because my purpose is here. I have a connection with God who I know what I'm worth. I know what my life's going to be about. I'm not going to settle for something else. That singleness gives you security in that because you're not crazy. You're crazy if you add somebody to your life that's going to pull you from purpose. Like, that's craziness. I would be single all day, all day, if someone's going to pull me off what God called me to. And here's why relationships will fail. I'm going to just give you this. This This is free, okay? Free 99, free game. You'll get into a relationship one day. You will. And they might be awesome. And there are going to be things and moments in time where you feel as if, you're, as if you're compromising and you're moving towards things you never thought you would and you're leaving the purpose that you had said you would never leave behind. It is in that moment that you need to be open-handed with that relationship and say, God's called me to this. If you are not willing to walk this way and see this thing through, and if I'm not willing to let this, this purpose go, I need to let you go. That is where you find health in relationships, where you are open-handed with the, purpose, with the person, but you are closed fist on God's purpose on your life, that you will fight tooth and nail for your purpose in your life, and the person can come and go. Somebody else will show up. God's good enough for it. Purpose. You have meaningful work in your season of singleness. Do not miss that. Do not miss that. Third, I think this is actually super important, actually, Probably was going to say, are y'all feel beat up right now? Is this helpful? Are you bored? You bored? Okay. Some of y'all are like, I'm bored. I don't want to do this no more. He all in my business for no reason. I don't like this. Okay. Still in chapter 2. This verse is uh, verse 16. It's the one right after. And it says, and the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on the day you eat of it, you will certainly die. Some of you are like, wait, 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 hold up. So you mean to tell me God made all these trees, all all of them, and I can't have that one? Why make it? You're God. You ever think about that? Am I the only one who thinks about it that way? How could God, being a good God, why would he say I can't do something? Think about it. That's like, why would you even make cookies if you know I was gluten-free, bro? Why would you do that to me? You know I was in Whole30 and I couldn't eat that ice cream and you still put it in here. Why? You know I wanted it because I couldn't get it, right? You know, like I know, I know some of y'all because that's how I am. I think this is the thing that's actually the most important thing for a college student. If you are going to walk in purpose in your life and you're going to have connection with God, you need to have defined boundaries in your life. You need defined boundaries in your life. God said, hey, everything, you, whatever you want, all of it, except this. This is the boundary. And then we know the story, right? They blow the boundary, right? What happens? Death, okay? Same thing. 
if you neglect the boundaries in your life that are there for, for your good, you will reap death. And maybe not physical death, but you will reap heartache. You will reap these things that we are like, oh, I just wish I would have. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Without boundaries, if the boundaries are not defined before a person, that person will define the boundaries. That relationship will now be the definition of what those boundaries are. Well, if they're cool with it, well, if, am I right? We come into a relationship where we're like, you know what, like, we're just friends, we're just hanging out, we're just talking. I'm about to get in all y'all, okay? We're just talking, I, I this is how I know, I'm you, I was you, okay? I was you. We're just talking, we're just hanging out, 3 a.m. Y'all still watching Netflix on the couch, laying down? Bro, come on, fam, you're not friends, stop it. That's foolishness, that's not wisdom, stop. That's not wisdom, bro. Guys in the room, stop letting women define the boundaries for you. You need to be the ones to set them. And if you break them, if you break them, and this is the biggest thing, if you break them, fix it, move forward. I'm not here to shame you. We've all broken boundaries. We're all imperfect people. We've all not measured up to the people that we would even like to be. But when we press forward past a boundary and we realize that we've done it, we need to come back, draw the line, start again. It's necessary. Living your life boundaryless, Proverbs says, is like a man who lives in the city without walls. That they've been broken down and all it is is destruction. That's it. Proverbs also says, guard your heart above all else because everything flows from it. If you do not have boundaries around your heart, you are going to be heartbroken. Sis, I'm telling you, boundaries, emotional boundaries are necessary. Stop having conversations about stuff when they have not shown character. Stop it. Stop promising, guys, stop promising marriage when you don't even know if you like this girl or not yet. You need to know, you need to give this thing time, man. Y'all are in the most, God, y y available time in your life. You can spend all the time in the world with each other. That is so unhealthy, so unhealthy. You can be in consistent, constant communication with someone else. I do not know a human being that, inter that interesting. I don't, I don't, I really don't. I'm not that interesting, okay? I'm out, like I'm like, I got nothing else to say. I got no more game to spit. If this ain't it, I'm out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm only funny for so long. My movie quotes don't even land with y'all. I'm just stopped. I'm like, y'all don't even know this song. You don't even know that, fine, okay, whatever, right? Like, we keep on opening these doors wide open and we wonder why we have the same person. That we're like, I'll never date a guy like that again. Well, the door hasn't changed, so the same person's gonna enter the door even though they look different. They are, because you're attracting that. Do you, come on, come on. Am I, am I in somebody's business? Is this helpful? Is this helpful? Just, just, just for you in your, in your notes, just if you're writing notes, take this down. You need to have some boundaries with your time. And this isn't, even, this isn't even about another person. This is about you. Your purpose requires time. If you want to do the thing God made you to do, you need to give time to it. You need to work your craft. You need to work your skills. You need to get better at the thing because a halfway version of that is not going to add value to this earth. It won't. You want to be, be mediocre? Fine. I'm not that person. I want to be the best on the planet at what I do because it matters. God put something on the inside of me, and I want to leverage every bit of what I got to make something out of my life. I hope that that's you. Give time to what you want. Like, develop yourself. Read a book. Learn a skill. I don't know what I want to do with my life. Well, the only thing you do is watch Netflix. Why don't you pick up a book? Why don't you go on an internship? Maybe, like, do something. Do something. Pick something up. I promise you, if you give time to what matters, you will see growth. If you give time to a relationship, that relationship will grow. But be careful of how much time you're giving that versus all these other things. You need to have boundaries on your time. You need to have boundaries on your space. There are some places that your boyfriend or girlfriend don't need to be in. There are some spaces that you need to separate and be like, hey, no, I'll see you out in public with people. Hey, no, like, we need to go on a group date tonight because Paul says, get married if you can't stop, you know, you know what I'm saying. Do I need to say it? Do you need to? God does not cure horniness, guys. I'm, I'm serious. Not, like, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. 
Like, I know it's funny. I get it. Ha ha. It's horniness. Ha ha. But it's real. You got, it's biology. You're designed for that. You're designed for it. It's good. It, it existed before the fall. Let me just newsflash. Sex existed before sin entered the world. So, like, in the right context, beautiful, beautiful. But when we use it in the wrong context, it is death. That's what it is, literally. So with that, it needs to be protected. You need to have boundaries spatially. Otherwise, you're just going to keep falling. Like, it's going to be like, well, I wonder why. I keep on saying I don't want to do this. And you keep, or you're in the same spot every time. Like, make a change. Well, I don't want, to. but do you want life or do you want to keep feeling this way? Make a choice. I'm not shaming you. I'm not shaming I'm trying to give you wisdom. Because I made so many mistakes, guys. So many mistakes. And it, it, it literally scars on my heart. Boundaries don't just protect you. They protect the person you're going to be with. They don't just protect you. They protect your calling and theirs. Boundaries are necessary spatially, emotionally. Yo, be careful what you, what you open your heart to. Be careful. You need to evaluate character. That's what dating is about. You're evaluating them. Can I see them as a future spouse? Can, can, this, can this be a husband to me? Can I see myself submitting to this husband? Can I come underneath the mission of this man? If not, I, no, bye. I don't want to be with you. You need to decide that. That's what dating is about. It's not about fulfilling, oh, but they make me feel whole. This is not Jerry Maguire. <laughs> you complete me. Stop it. Are they helping you with what God made you to do? If not, they're not the person. They're not the person. Also, another thing you need to have boundaries with. I wrote it down, I forgot. No, that's it, yeah. That's it, I got all of them. I just wanted to make sure, you know what I mean? It's important, boundaries are important. They keep you safe, they keep them safe. They keep you on mission for longer. You need them, you need them. In your season of singleness, while you're by yourself, define them strengthen them don't let them be things that are questionable it's like no this is it or it's nothing all or nothing all or nothing if you need help i promise you get in the community with some people they'll be like hey sis you need a boundary there that's not healthy that's codependence right there like you need people to be able to like scope that out and say like ah maybe not you've seen his dirty room maybe you need to have a conversation about that because that's going to be your husband and you're going to have to clean it up or husbands that's going to be your wife and you're going to have to clean it up you need to Watch, I'm serious. Guard your heart so that you can make actual evaluations and not be like, you know what, they're just creative. No, they're messy. <laughs> if you have a boundary, you'll, you'll be able to see clearly because love blinds us. Emotions blind us. And if we're not coming to this thing with eyes wide open, then we will make mistakes that will cost us dearly. We need boundaries. Last, God wants to give you time. God wants to give you time. In the story, Adam, he, he gets placed in the garden. He's working the ground, and notice this. It's God that notices what Adam's lacking. He said in verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper as his complement. So the Lord God formed out of the ground every wild animal and every bird of the sky and brought each to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. And the na man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky, and to every wild animal. But for the man, no helper was found as his complement. When you're reading that story, I don't know about you, but whenever I think about God, being like, hey, Adam shouldn't be alone. You think Eve, all right, where's she at? All right. God brings birds, bro. <laughs> Do you notice? Like, God brings animals and birds, like, for real? Like, you know I wanted a wife. Here's the funny thing. Adam had no concept of what a wife even was. He's just working his ground. He's living his mission. And God notices his need. God notices it. So my question is, why does God bring that when he knew he needed a wife? He needed his own compliment. Why do you think that was? It's because God needed Adam to see what was missing. He needed to know what he didn't have. He needed to see with his own eyes from working his ground, doing what God made him to do, seeing what was in front of him to know what he needed. Here's the thing. God, need, God knows what you need more than you know what you need. 
God knows what you need, even if you have no concept of it. Right now, you think you have needs. Right now, you think you know somebody that's going to fill things in your heart that you care about, and you think your mission is this. Guess what? Give it five years. The things I cared about as a 25-year-old, I could give two craps less as a 30-year-old. I had no idea what I needed, but God did. And with this thing in time, I know a lot of us, you've been single for a while, and you're like, God, are you ever going to bring a wife? Are you ever going to bring a husband? It's hard for me to just sit back and be like, okay, God, I'm not going to just search this out on my own. I'm not just going to just make this happen for myself. I'm going to trust you with it. Adam didn't know what he was missing, but God did. And God brought things in front of him that opened his eyes to his need. For some of you, you need to realize that these relationships that have gone by, these friendships, these situationships that you've been in, were there to open your eyes to what you actually needed and what you didn't need. How silly would this story have been if Adam connected himself to one of those animals and was like, there she is. Whoa, baby, a hippopotamus. You know what I mean? Like, how silly would the story have been? But here's the thing. I think some of us, we miss our Eve because we're so stuck on that other thing that went by. That we are not even in a place to recognize what God is trying to do for us and with us as we partner with him on this mission. There's a couple things I believe that God wants to do in this time of your singleness. One, I think he wants to cultivate character in you. He wants to make you into something to be something in this earth, for your life to mean something, for you to put your hands to meaningful work while you're in connection with him. He also, I know for a lot of you, I joked around about things that have come and gone in the past and things we're still hold on to. It's funny until it hurts. Because some of us, we've been hurt by people. We've been hurt by relationships that were not good for us. And we jumped into them haphazardly. We didn't know any better. We're just kids trying to figure it out and you hurt yourself really bad and you have things happen to your heart that don't feel like they can be easy fixes and God in his goodness has given you time to heal because for some of you that thing that's in your heart right now that's broken it needs time it doesn't need another relationship it needs time to heal otherwise you will bring that hurt into that relationship and you will stab somebody who never hurt you. You will bleed on somebody who never stabbed you. God in his goodness will give you time. God in his goodness will build you into the person he's made you to be so that whenever that person does come, you're able to be what you need to be, not just for yourself, but for them as well. I think about this all the time, like, it's funny, like, I, I met Demi seven years ago, and I'm not just telling my story just to tell my story, I'm telling it because I think it matters. It is a paradigm-shifting reality for me and how we walk forward in relationships. And so for me, uh, seven years ago, I met Demi. Did not talk to me. Was on this canvas, I was like, hey, girl, what's up? Nothing. And time went by. Seven years went by, and I'm living my life. I'm sitting here. I'm being a pastor at a college campus, and I'm at a meeting with one of our elders, and I'm like, hey, man, like, I, I think I might need to leave NAC because, like, I don't know how this is ever going to happen for me. I don't know how God's ever going to bring somebody. Like, I want a wife. I want to be married. That's a desire of my heart, and I don't know how God's going to do it. And I had prayed for months and months and months. I'm 30 years old. I'd prayed since I was 21 years old. For a wife. Nine years. No shot. Nothing. Just being faithful. Going to seminary. Doing the thing. Okay, God, I know you made me to do this. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to do it. Let's do this. And every day I just said, God, I, I want this, but I want you more. I want my purpose fulfilled more than I want somebody else in my life. And so day after day, I laid that desire at the feet of Jesus, who is the king. Because I had an option. I could have put a relationship at the head and I could have just searched for the whole time and I would have missed my life. 
But instead, I took the deepest desire of my heart and I put it at the feet of the king. And I said, I trust you with that. And I know that you're good enough to bring it in your timing. And I think this is another thing too I wanted to dispel. God doesn't reward us with, faith, like with our faithfulness with a wife or a husband. Us being good to God doesn't mean he's just gonna give you somebody. It's not how it works. I think what it does is when you're working, the thing you're supposed to work in the place he's placed you, being faithful to the thing he called you to, I think his, he will open your eyes to what's already there. And he will provide in a way that you have to choose. You have to make decisions to choose it. God will offer opportunities all the time and they go by us all the time. But we have this choice. This text, Ephesians 2.10, it says, we are, his, we are his workmanship in Christ Jesus, created for good works that he prepared beforehand so that we might walk in them. When we are connected with God, and we're working what he gave us. We have boundaries around our life to protect those things. Our eyes will be open to the person whenever we need them. And we get to make a choice. Is this what I wanna do? Is this the person I wanna do it with? And the ball's in your court. And you're wondering, well, what if I mess it up? I'm here to, I'm, I'm a firm believer in this. I'm not like other pastors in this. I'll say what, what's for use for you? What God has for you is for you. If God knew me in my mother's womb, if he knew me before the foundations of the earth, he knew my wife too. And if I can trust him with my salvation, if I can trust him with the future of my life, I can trust him that in his timing, somebody will show and it, he will lead me into the right moment. And so with that, I hope that that's a, like a hope giver to you that like God isn't just dangling a relationship over your head saying, well, once you get it together, I'll give this to you. That's not how it works. I don't know how long it's gonna be. I don't know if it's gonna be 10 years. I don't know if it's gonna be next week, who knows? But what I am here to tell you is God desperately wants you to have connection with him, a true connection with him. He wants you to work the ground that he's put in front of you, work in purpose. He wants you to create boundaries to protect that relationship and that purpose. And he wants you to use your time to do what he's given you to do.